So there we go, it's just on the top of the hour, 7 o'clock, right here on Radio Pulpit 657 AM in Cape, Pulpit 729 from Gauteng to the Cape, and it's an awesome privilege to be coming to you guys live this evening from our studios here in Centurion. What a privilege, what an honor to broadcast from our own studios here in Centurion this evening. I want to actually usually when I'm when I'm with this specific guest or I should by this time say co-host she's not a guest anymore she's a co-host when I'm with her we usually run out of time so I think we should jump straight into it just before we do so guys uh, please go to Facebook right now Radio Pulpit's Facebook page my own Facebook page as well as Reverend Paul Coupe's Facebook page um, this evening will be live on Facebook as well you can already see the two beautiful faces there on Facebook um, and then of course you can join us this evening also on our social media platforms if you want to join the chat this evening you want to join this chat this evening then please do so and send us a whatsapp the whatsapp lines are open 0826572729 let me say that again 0826572729 right now as i'm speaking with you guys i'm actually posting that uh you can see me on facebook right now as i'm doing this 082 657-2729 if you would like to comment on Facebook, um, on, on WhatsApp, or you can send us a message on Facebook as well. So let me not waste any further time. Let me say hello to my, uh, my esteemed guest. I must choose my words carefully now. <laughs> I, I don't know how she manages to get around everywhere. Let's find out from her herself. Rev, how are you? <laughs> I'm great. Thanks, Dwayne. I'm great. And again, hello, everybody. Um, great warm welcome to all our Radio Pulpit listeners. Once again, it's a great pleasure to be able to be here and to talk about um, the recent legislative matters. So awesome. Awesome. Thanks again, Dwayne. Yeah, for me, it's an absolute privilege. Myself and Rev started this about two years ago, and it has absolutely become an insert uh, for me, it's amazing to see the, the mails and the messages that we get through our client services. Uh, it's really starting to form a pattern. So for those of you who don't know, every last Monday of the month, myself and Reverend Paul Kupai uh, will have Kingdom Legislation right here on Radio Pulpit and Cape Pulpit as as well. Rev, you've got a you've got quite a busy time. I'm not sure how we're going to get through all of this. Um, and maybe perhaps you're gonna you're gonna cut me short and say, Dwayne, I want to start with something else. But but Rev, I want to I want to I want to throw a spanner into the wheel yard right now because there's been there's, right. there's been two quite highly controversial stuff on social media the past two weeks one of the controversial stuff is an incident that took place inside a classroom where kids jumped onto the back of an educator and it seems to me like on the video the educator was almost put in a chokehold and the other one was something that I'm actually flabbergasted I'm, I'm shocked I haven't got words for the fact that these things happen on school grounds it's a bunch of school kids literally smoking uh, uh, marijuana um, dacha weed um, on school premises Rev, what's going on with these yeah. things? 
Well, you know, Dwayne, it's interesting that you you raise up this issue. And of course, especially the, I, I was on radio SAFM talking about the viral video, um, the video that went viral on social media with the children smoking weed. And one of the things that I said is that we need to introspect as South Africa and ask ourselves whether all the recent changes to legislation that have been made, especially regarding the Children's Act, I'm, I'm really praying and hoping that um, what we're seeing with increased rebellion and ill discipline is not a result of one, Dwayne, first of all, taking prayer out of school. Remember, we took prayer out of school. Yeah, yeah. And secondly, I'm hoping that it's not a result of, of changing the legislation, which takes away all parental rights mm, yeah. and now gives rights to children. And this is what we have been talking about consistently, Dwayne, over the years, mm. saying that the Bible gives um, parents parental rights. And when you begin to take away parents' rights and ability to discipline children, when you begin to take away, um, for instance, Section 129 of the Children's Act um, gives children above the age of 12 years old, a child that is older than 12 can have any medical intervention that they choose to have mm. without their parental, without any parental consent, which means a child of 12 need not obtain their parents' consent to, for instance, get an abortion and, of course, get, get vaccinated or whatever it is like that. So it, 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 what you are literally doing is taking away the cohesion of the family unit. Mm. Now, what is interesting to me, Duane, is that a child is not allowed to drive, you know, until they reach a certain age. A child is not allowed to smoke cigarettes or even drink alcohol um, at a certain age. And the reason why there's a minimum age put there is because um, it is, is, is said that the child does not have sufficient understanding to, to, to engage in such conduct. So... Um, why then are we lowering the age at which children can make very important decisions mm. about their lives? So what you are seeing happening, Dwayne, manifesting in the schools is as a result of children who have been so empowered and parents that have been disempowered. They can't say anything. You can't speak. Otherwise, children will threaten that, you know, I will report you. You can't discipline me. So children will do whatever they want at schools. Teachers have also been disempowered at schools. And by this, I am not suggesting that, you know, go and beat up the children. That's definitely mm. not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that uh, if you remove parents' uh, ability to correct, to rebuke, to discipline their own children, this is the fruit of, of what is happening. Children that cannot be disciplined. They, how, how do 36 students, let's look at the case of the children smoking weed 
um, Dwayne, how do 36 students openly, they didn't even hide, they were in openly outside in schools, 36, not two or three who could not easily be seen, but 36 of them, which means they were so confident that even if you catch us, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So I think it's something we really, really need to look at. And I think it's something that, you know, I've read some of the comments on Facebook and everybody's blaming everybody else. Some are saying it's the teachers. Somebody's saying it's the parents, lack of discipline at home. Some are saying Department of School of Education. I'm saying, you know, we have a proverb as, as Africans, which says it takes a village to raise a child. And I'm saying that this is a collective, collaborative and communal responsibility. In the first instance, the, the mandate to teach and train a child in Proverbs 22, six, since we are a Christian um, radio station, it's for parents. So parents carry the primary responsibility of teaching, training our children in terms of good values, in terms of what is right and what is wrong. That is our primary responsibility. Teachers carry another part of it, but it does not take away. The fact that you are paying very expensive, costly school fees does not um, abdicate you uh, from, from taking responsibility to teach and train your child. You still have to teach them values, otherwise, when the school, now we have an education department that is very liberal, that is adopting very liberal principles that have been brought in by the United Nations, the liberality of the United Nations. So if you and I as parents don't teach our children the values and the value system and principles, biblical protocols, then we, we have mm. no right to complain when they go to a liberal educational system that is underpinned by liberal UN, uh, UNESCO, WHO principles that are very open and contrary to our biblical principles, when they are taught in that system, then we can't complain because we have not fulfilled our biblical obligations to set a foundation and to teach and train our own children at home. So it's a collective responsibility, but primarily, the primary responsibility rests on children to teach, train, equip their children at home and, and, and try to bring in that discipline from home um, consistently so that we don't see things like this taking place. Well, Rev, one of our listeners, uh, Patience and Gwenya, says, oh, yes, it takes a village to raise a child. And as much as that is one of your, one of your sayings, in, in, uh, we also have a saying, and it's a saying that, um, that uh, uh, Joyce Meyer actually said that in one of her books probably about 20, 22 years ago. She said that if we fail to 
train up our children, the world will gladly do yes. it for us. And the reality for me of the matter is that the moment we remove all these rules and the moment we give the kids all the freedom as they please, it gives them too much space to operate in and that's where the devil comes in. Uh, Rev, I actually want to touch on this because as much as we're talking about the controversial video um, of, of the 36 students smoking weed on the school premises, um, Rev, I, I went through, let me choose carefully how I put this, uh, I went through probably the worst two weeks of my life if it comes to teenagers and pornography. Um, and, wow. and, 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 and as much as we want to go about the 36 uh, kids that is physically on social media, that's one of literally few cases that really just gets out there to get parents' attention. I dealt with a 12-year-old boy so addicted to pornography that he's willing to beat his mother to get his wow. phone because he needs his fix of pornography. Our children are in danger unless we jump in and we grab them back. Absolutely. Dwayne, what people, I'm glad you raised the issue of pornography because I have unfortunately come across parents who are so casual about pornography. And I've heard parents, my own friends, talk about it like it's a very, you know, it's, um, oh, it's something that children go through. It's something that they'll grow out of. It's, it's no, like it's, it's a normal thing. Mm -mm. There's nothing normal about pornography. And anybody who has studied pornography knows that pornography is one of the most addictive. Um, in fact, they compare the, 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 the addiction rate of pornography, they say it's higher than cocaine. So we know about drug addicts, we know about cocaine, but the, the substance that is released Dopamine. in your brain mm. from watching pornography is so addictive. They say it's more addictive. And the thing about pornography is you start, you know, at a low level and increasingly, increasingly, you now go for the more graphic pornography, the more aggressive pornography, the more violent pornography. And even myself as a, as a former criminal prosecutor, I prosecuted many cases, some cases of murder, some cases of rape. And when you interrogated uh, the people who had been, who are being prosecuted for rape and murder, and you asked them um, about how did you get involved with this? Many of them say it started with watching pornography. I had to feed my addiction for pornography. So it, it's an appeal out there to parents. Let's be alert. Let's be vigilant. The state is taking away our ability to raise our children. They are effectively more and more becoming more controlling. Um, we've seen that in lockdown where our constitutional rights are being taken away, our right to freedom of choice, our right to dignity, our right to informed consent, our right to freedom of association, our right to freedom of religion, all those rights are being eroded. And one of the rights that has also been taken away is our right to raise our children in line with our biblical values, in line with our faith. All of that has been taken away. And so now we see it playing out in the schools, whereby in these days, Dwayne, it's, it's dangerous to be a school teacher. It is dangerous. I mean, you know, I, I feel for the teachers. 
I really do because they they are scared for their lives. Um, corporal punishment has been taken away, and by this I'm I'm not even you know deciding for or against, but I'm saying teachers are not allowed to touch students. But no action has been taken. Very little action has been taken against students who beat up teachers. So the rights of students now are are overarching and are creating a new rebellious generation that will not listen to teachers, will not listen to, to parents. And this is what we warned of when we were saying, do not take away corporate punishment. Mm. Do not ban the spanking of children by parents. We said this. We said this is going to be one of the results and one of the fruits of taking away children's right to discipline their children. I mean, parents' rights to discipline their children. We are not advocating, Dwayne, for violence against children. Nobody would ever do that. But I myself, I was spanked as a child. I am not a victim of abuse. I was spanked in love. I was spanked um, to correct <laughs> wrong behavior. And I do believe I, I am a, a, a rational, reasonable, and responsible member of the, the, the society. Um, you know, so we, we do not advocate for abuse. We do not advocate for violence. But we are saying don't take away parental rights in such a way that children now have more rights and the rights are encouraging them in a direction of rebellion mm. rather than making them responsible members of society. Oh, Ref, a while ago there was this thing on Facebook. It was actually a, a, a joke, but it said, as a child, um, my dad gave me a beating. And today um, I suffer from a condition called having respect for my elders. Uh, and, <laughs> but Rev, just quickly on that, on this previous statement that you spoke about pornography and the brain, um, if there's listeners that want to find out whether this is what we said, if it's actually, if it's actually factual evidence for this, four weeks ago, um, the first Monday of this month, I had the privilege of interviewing New York Times bestseller Brad Huddleston, and he he actually wrote a book called Digital Cocaine. Uh, he does mm, work for yes. for Carte Blanche. He does work for American TV. Is, 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 a, is a very well-known international author. And what he's done is, uh, long story short, they've actually went and they looked at the brain scans and what goes on in the brain. And what you just said, Yarev, this isn't something that we thumbsucked, but Brad Huddleston has got the physical evidence, the proof of the addiction. So the, 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 the thing in your brain is called dopamine and your dopamine levels yes. is something dopamine, that gets released right. in your brain. And the levels of dopamine that is get released through uh, 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 pornography is almost double the amount of cocaine. Uh, pornography is more addictive, but here's the most scary stat. Uh, Post-COVID, uh, child pornography has gone up with more than 6,000%. The highest rated country in Africa with children's pornography is South Africa. We are one of the yeah. most advanced countries in the African continent, and we have got a danger. Brad Huddleston said something, eight out of 10 children age 12 and up, eight out of 10 children 12 and up are currently addicted 
to pornography. And that is one thing that Brad said, and are we going to go on our reef? But Brad said, stop using the excuse as mom that I'm giving my child a phone because of emergencies. If you need to get a hold of your child because of an emergency, go get your child a Nokia 3310. That's not a smartphone yeah. that can SMS smartphone, and that can yeah. phone. Our country is in danger. We as Christians and as the church have got to stand up and bring back that legislation. Absolutely. Listen, Duane, I want to give a resource out there for some parents who may be struggling. And first mm. of all, let me say this. Symptoms, how to recognize maybe that your child may be addicted because we want to pr provide solutions. We don't just want to criticize, but we want to help. Mm, yeah. um, part of the reason why we have this program is to provide help. And so, first of all, let me say this. If you are noticing any changes in your child, for instance, they've become more withdrawn. Um, they've become, um, you know, they're, they're not really, they, they used to be sociable. They used to be out there, but they're more withdrawn. They're spending more time in their room. Um, they're locking their bedroom, locking their bathroom. Those may be signs and symptoms that your, your child is addicted to pornography. Uh, a child especially that previously showed extrovert tendencies and is now becoming an introvert mm. also could be a sign. So look out for those signs. And then if you find that, you can find help. Let me give you some resources where you can find help and find um, internet sites and websites where you can actually get help. www.fightthenewdrug, one word, www.fightthenewdrug.org. Um, it's, it's a group of young people um, in the United States that, that help fight the harmful effects of pornography. Another website where you will find the biblical perspective regarding um, you know pornography and how to fight it and how to empower parents go to www.purehope.net www.purehope.net and you can find some more articles on another website called www.porn harms one word pornharms.com so i've given you some some resources there where you can go to and and just get help and 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 get people to understand the harmful effects uh about 12 13 years ago i used to work um hand in hand with an organization called uh you know africa christian action which um is 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 uh, led by by uh, somebody we know most of us um dr peter and um they have some of the resources there but we're not here to condemn we're not here to judge we're saying let's help our yeah. children by praying for them let's help them by getting them counseling let's help them parents by being alert and vigilant to signs of addiction mm. whether it is addiction to drugs or whether it is addiction to pornography, but pornography, remember, is a drug. So pornography addiction results, also one of the consequences is sex orgies. We're seeing rape and sex orgies also 
play themselves out at school. It's a result of porn addiction as well. Um, we're hearing of, of sex parties and raves. I heard recently a parent, you know, it, it really crying, Dwayne, because they dropped their child off at Menlin, Menlin Mall. And in fact, how, how it was discovered is, is that this child, this, this family was going to relocate. And when they were going to relocate, they had to have tests. And in the course of having a test, you know, one of the tests that they did was an HIV AIDS test. And they discovered that their, I think their 14 year old child was HIV AIDS positive. And they said it cannot be in their minds. They thought their child was still a virgin. Mm. And when they, they started asking questions, they later found out that all this time they've been dropping this child to Menlin to go and watch movies. Apparently there was a floor on Menlin outside where children were having raves and having sex orgy parties, you know, out there. And, and so it was a painful discovery for these parents. So parents, let's be alert. Let's be vigilant. Let's notice any changes that may be happening in our parents out there. And let's be compassionate and merciful. Let's be prayerful. Let's open up to our children. Don't allow there to be a generation gap. Talk to your children. You know, my, my I try to be best friends, although I tell them I'm not just your friend. I'm your parent as well. But try to get close and develop. You know, I, I, mm. I, my daughter and I, we go out for what we call girls time. We go to movies. We, we have lunch and dates so that I can stay checked in and find out, is there anything really bothering you? I'm not saying I'm the perfect parent, but I'm saying at least I try to create some, some time with them so that, you know, children can't open up to you if you don't talk to them and if you don't spend time with them. So it's important to spend time, quality time, so that you can know, check in with them, know what's happening. So you can take preventative action or find out what's happening before it's too late. Right, so so thank you for raising that up. Um, yeah, Dwayne. quickly, quickly, a few things. Uh, number one is you guys are going to get a hold of this podcast tomorrow on Radio Pulpit on my website, on Re uh, Reverend Paul Cuffet's sites. Uh, please distribute this. You can also go to Facebook right now. All of the sites that Rev just said, I typed them while uh, Rev was busy. Uh, it is fightthenewdrug.org. It is purehope.net or pornharms.com. All the links are up there right now. Then Rev, just quickly in conclusion to this specific topic, uh, Patience and Gwenya says, thank you, Mama Pearl. And then Claudia asks, uh, Rev, if we might ask, this video has now surfaced on social media. Is there something bound to happen to these students, to the school, to, uh, is the educational department going to be involved? I've not yet read of any stuff that's going to be done about this. Rev, have you got something on this for us? I, my, the last information I received was that the children, 36 of them had been suspended and that they were to have had a disciplinary hearing today. So they were to have a disciplinary hearing today. So I haven't heard what the results of the disciplinary hearing was um, in all likelihood. I suspect they may be suspended. But what I said on the radio program yesterday was to say that um, should the children be disciplined? Yes, I do believe so. But let's let them be disciplined with what we call restorative justice, Dwayne. There's a term called restorative justice. What it means is 
you implement justice in such a way that one, you want to rehabilitate the person. So there should be counseling involved. But secondly, you want the person or the individual to be restored back into society, not to humiliate, to degrade, to shame them in such a way that society doesn't want to receive them anymore. So restorative justice is about bringing the individual back, rehabilitating them so they can be a member of the community again. So that's what I'm saying must happen with these children. They must be counseled. They must be restored back into the community and, and, and encouraged to start back with their, their studies. They must be taught the consequences and the implications of drug addiction. So all that is part of rehabilitation a rehabilitative and restorative justice. All right, so Rev, I'm going to quickly read something. Unfortunately, it's in Afrikaans, but I'm sure you're going to pick up a few words. Uh, the author of this message asked to please remain <laughs> in, uh, unanimous, and we're going to we're going to absolutely honour that. Uh, the message in Afrikaans says, "Nant Dwayne, ek geniet jylle program. Ek werk by a school in a kantoor. Ek stem saam. Um, ons plik nou die vruchte van al die voorrechte wat ons kinders nie geniet nie. Ouwers ook nie meer betrokke by kinders nie. Onderwijs Onderwijsers moet hulle disciplineer. Leer van respect vir ouwe mense en onderwijsers en skoolwerk doen. Die woord sê, tachtig die een wat jy lief het. So hard seer, maar werkelijk, ons het net vir ons kinders. Geseende aand vir julle, en sy sê ook hier, ek wil baie graag nie my naam moet op die radio wees nie. Um, Rev, I actually want to say this, and then, then we're going to come to the conclusion um, on this, because we've got other stuff that I want to touch on this evening. But Rev, I'm of opinion, and I'll say this as a principal of a school, I don't mind, uh, obviously people know who I am and where I'm affiliated, but we have, uh, we not only have a generation of children that's in trouble, but I believe we've got a generation of parents that's in trouble. I believe that we've got a yeah. generation of parents that lives in so much denial and one of the biggest yeah. things uh, a, a danger zone you, you just said there's danger signs uh, how to identify your kid being in pornography let me give you a danger sign of a parent that is in the denial when a parent replies and says I don't know what you're complaining about in my days we had it so much worse when a parent starts saying that I want to tell you realistically, parent, you've got no idea what the youth of today is struggling with. And we are not going to fix a generation of children if our parents don't become godly parents instead of popular parents. So we are not going to fix our children until our parents become godly parents. Um, and, and, and that is what I have to say. Um, Rev, um, I, I too often deal with parents that you can phone them for the kids not doing the homework. The school gets the blame. The parents will not take the blame for their household and for the discipline that's missing in their households. We don't have only children that's a problem. Remember, children is purely the result of the household they grow up in. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I, I, I agree with you 100%, um, Dwayne. Um, that's why I said, you know, it's a collective responsibility. Primarily, parents have to be alert and I think one of the problems is that as parents, we think that if we send our children to schools or to especially to expensive private schools, we think we've, we've done our duty That's there. I'm paying your this fees, you know? It doesn't end, our responsibility doesn't end with paying school fees. Um, when it comes to character, morality, ethics, and values, that must be put in 
by you as a parent. Don't expect the school to teach your children your morality, you, you, those values, your, 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 your faith must dictate the values. And, and you can't hand over that responsibility to the school. If you do, then you must bear the consequences because um, the schools have taken religion out. They've taken prayers out of yeah, school. They have. Mm. So they're not going to teach your children godliness. Mm. So once you don't, you've handed over your children to the world system because that's what the Department of Education advocates for. A United Nation world order um, ungodly system. So if you don't teach your children the values at home, you've literally handed over your children to an ungodly worldly system. And Romans 12, 2 says, be not conformed, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you can perform the good and acceptable will of God. Well, guess who is to be used to cause that transformation and the renewal of the mind. Mm. It's the parents with the godly values, with the biblical protocols, because the Bible has been literally taken out of schools and prayer has been taken out of schools and all of that. So if you don't do it at home, it's not going to be done at schools. Yeah, and my biblical opinion is bring Jesus back to society where Jesus is, there's order. You won't have to preach discipline. You just take Jesus. Jesus will do the discipline. Listen, Rev, we've got 18 minutes left, yeah. and there's two topics that we got to touch. So we've got to break it down into nine minutes, nine minutes, okay? So I'm not even going to interrupt you too okay. much. We need to ca- uh, touch on the Action for Freedom against the SA Minister of Health. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know that many of us have made submissions, um, you know, with regard to the Health Act. And we were given 30 days initially to make those submissions. And then the minister extended those 30 days, Dwayne, to by another 10 days. And everybody in South Africa rejoiced. They were like, woohoo, yay, extra 10 days. Well, let me tell you, those 10 days were not because he wanted to, but because they realized that they made a mistake. And that's what this case is all about, is that the provisions that the minister used, section 90, subsection four, there's subsection A and C. Essentially, you know, I wanna break it down in layman's language, not to make it too technical and, and complicated. But essentially, the minister of health used wrong sections. When he called for consultation by the public, he used the wrong sections and he gave the wrong number of the Gazette numbers. There were Gazette numbers that were confused, wrong dates, wrong provisions were were cited. So in terms of what the minister was doing and calling for consultation, he was supposed to have given three three months, three months consultation. Mm. And he only gave 30 days. Mm. Um, He tried to correct it by extending it by 10 days but of course, that is is not correction. The whole process needs to be invalidated. So we have Action for Freedom, which has brought the action against the minister on this issue, um, led by a, a dear friend of mine, Connell Loggenberg, who is based in London, but one of our very own, based in London. He's been living in London for a long time. He is the applicant, the organization, the network, the movement, Action for Freedom is the applicant in the matter. 
And I just learned recently that ACDP also will be joining them and has filed um, some an, an application along with them. We had hoped to get other parties to join, but at this stage, it's not certain whether their application to join will be accepted by the court um, because there was a, a, a deadline date that had been put. So we're not sure. All, all I can confirm at this stage is that the ACDP has been confirmed as a party that will be joining um, this action. So um, that in a nutshell is that advocate Sabelo Sibanda, another very dear friend of mine who we work with very closely, will be uh, you know, leading this case. He has been instructed by attorney Naven Pillay in this matter. And of course, for ACDP, we know that the lawyer that represents ACDP, who not too long ago won a case in the CCMA, which found mandatory vaccination to be um, you know, unlawful in that instance. So the attorney for ACDP will be Bongani Lutuli. So, and, and I'm excited to also say all those three, Advocate Sabelo Sibanda, um, Attorney Bongani Lutuli, myself, and um, also Shabnam, Shabnam Mohammed, who's very, very active as well, a member of the steering committee of the World Council of Health, Transformative Health Justice, etc. All four of us will be going to London in uh, on May from May the 20th to the 22nd. There's going to be a big, big conference there. I think we must talk about it hopefully before we leave. It's called a Better Way Conference um, by the World Council of Health. So we will be representing South Africa as speakers in that conference. Um, Robert F. Kennedy will be one of the, the speakers there, the main speakers, Tess Lowry, who people know also will be another one of the main speakers. And happy to say that South Africa will have representation by little us here, Advocate Sabelo Sabanda, Bongani Dituli will be there as a speaker as well. Shabnam Mohammed and myself will be speaking on law and human rights. So SA in the house will be there in Bath, United Kingdom there. So that's that on that case. Well, Rev, just before we go on, uh, for interest sake, you're going to Bath. Uh, I lived very close to Bath in Gloucester. It's a, it's literally a wow. town right next to Bath. I live there. Uh, Rev, we just got an SMS from Porsche. Porsche says, given the fact that we are in the last 30 days expecting our president to talk on the 6th of May, um, what we hoped for as a country was to totally get rid of the masks. I am concerned, she says, that the most recent statistics has now skyrocketed again. What is the chances of us being hit by yet another wave in the winter season and the president yet again imposing masks or alert levels? Well, listen, I'm not a medical doctor, so on these wave mm. things, etc. What I do know is that in winter, whether you want to call them waves we used to call it flu season. That's all I'm, I'm prepared to say. That, you know, when winter comes, cold and flu season it is a normal part of what happens in winter. So I don't know about this new language of waves. Um, I will leave that to the medical doctors and the scientists, etc. But people try to sound so clever in, in, in predicting waves. 
I mean, who who can't predict that you're going to get a cold during winter season? That's not very clever sounding to me. I think it's 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 normal logic to know that in winter it's cold. So dress warmly, take your vitamins and, you know, make sure that you're warm and take the usual precautions. So I don't know about the waves. I'm not going to address myself to the waves as somebody who's not a medical expert. I'm not going to put myself out on a limb on that aspect. Um, in terms of what the president is going to say also, who knows? All I know <laughs> is that it seems that they want to create a permanent disaster management. And so that is why they've taken the provisions of the Disaster Management Act and cleverly put them in the Health Act. And that is why we are opposing those provisions because, and I'm, I'm, I must confess to being disappointed by South Africa, Duane. I must confess. Um, at the close of, of yesterday, I think, which was the last day for, for um, submissions, submissions, it was less than 300,000 submissions that were recorded by Dear SA. And 300,000, we said, if 10% of our population submitted, it would have been 6 million. If 1% submitted, it would have been 600,000. Um, and this is to protest against constitutional rights being taken away. It's to protest about the fact that if these health regulations get passed, you can be quarantined forcefully quarantined on the basis of suspicion. If a health professional suspects suspects that you may have COVID, you can be forcefully quarantined. And in the process of being forcefully quarantined, you can now be forcefully vaccinated. And if you refuse any of that, you can face a possible jail term of 10 years imprisonment. And we said, South Africa, come to the party you know, just, just say no, just say no, say you don't want violation of your constitutional rights. And 300,000, which is 0.5% of our population responded. And so, you know, I'm praying for, for, I'm trying to be optimistic and praying for the best, but South Africa, if any, their negative consequences, we have nobody else to blame but ourselves. We have put messages out on social media three times a day, we said, speak out, stand for your constitutional rights, don't allow your constitutional rights to be taken away. So if these regulations are passed, God forbid um, that they are, uh, we we are just gonna have to, you know, I don't know. I don't even wanna say any negative pronouncement because the power of life and death is in the tongue. So I refuse to make a negative confession. We will trust for the best and hope for the best but still, South Africa, take accountability and responsibility. Faith without works is dead. We don't just pray and trust and believe. We must go out there and legislate and, and we must go and make submissions and we must go out there and protest. By the way, on Wednesday, if you want to join us, I will be at Freedom Square along with the ACDP on a protest march. Yeah, on Thursday is the case being brought by ACDP. Um, and the Pretoria High Court, please, please support them. So the Action for Freedom case is going to be online. It's going to be online at two o'clock tomorrow. It's going to be online. And um, please look for live stream 
It's going to be live streamed on Action for Freedom page. I will put details out and I'll send them to you as well, Dwayne. We're still waiting for last minute links. So far, the link has only been sent to the parties who are going to be presenting, but um, the involved parties. But we're hoping, we've asked for a link for the public and we're, we're hoping to live stream it. So I will send those details out to you. We'll put them all out on social media as soon as we get them. If we do get another link from the court and if we do get live stream. Now the Pretoria High Court on Thursday at nine o'clock is the ACDP that is taking on the rollout of the vaccination of children, of children. So support the case nine o'clock at the Pretoria High Court. Please come in your numbers. Um, we know that from October, the Minister of Health, uh, Dr. Joe Patha, started the rollout of vaccination of children between the ages of 12 to 17. And they targeted that group of children because again, going back to section 129, section 129 of the Children's Act says that you do not need parental consent. So many parents were getting emotional saying, I don't consent. But the thing is, according to that piece of legislation, they don't need your consent. And that's why I said to parents, it's not just enough to refuse consent. You have to train your child to refuse because the child can refuse. But whether you refuse or not, in terms of the law, it doesn't matter whether you, you refuse or not in terms of Section 129. Um, if the child agrees, then they can vaccinate. And that's why I was, I was saying to the parents, train your child. If you don't want, as a family, you agree that you don't want your child to be vaccinated, train them. And if the, the, the health department or the education department tries to forcefully vaccinate your children, train your child to call for help, to say, I do not want to, and I will, I will call my mother. And they must call an adult so that they're not bullied into being forcefully vaccinated against their will. Uh, one interesting thing that Dr. Joe Pasha said in his speech in rolling out vaccination between the 12 and 17 group, he said, and I'm quoting from his speech, that they're going to only administer one dose of Pfizer vaccination on the children because it has been shown that in administering the, the, the full dose of two doses, that some children have suffered heart, heart problems, issues, which he referred to as transient myocarditis. And he said it had been found. And I found that appalling that you are actually admitting that some children have been found to have developed heart issues and heart problems after having had the full dosage administering. What is to say that the 50% dosage will not give them the same problems. So I, I was discouraged to hear the minister admit to that, but still go ahead with the rollout. So um, as a parent, your responsibility is to protect your child. It's a responsibility that was given to you by God. So prayerfully protect your child as each and every one of us is going to have to give an account as to what did we do with the responsibility that God gave us to steward and raise up and train our children. All right, so Rev, uh, as I said at the start of this program, an hour is not enough for us. 
we didn't even touch yeah, on the, we didn't even we didn't even touch on the teddy case but that never never the least um, well that is the teddy case that oh, is okay. the teddy case is the children's case yeah uh, all right super so rev there's a there's a my, my social media is bombing out on the side um, and I really want to say thank you. Thank you to our listeners. This is really, um, I'm, this, this is jaw-dropping for me to see how you guys interact. We really love the fact that you interact. Um, so a few things quickly. Uh, a few people asked me, and they said, Duane, what are those websites? www.purehope.net www.pornharms.com and then, of course, www.fightthenewdrug.org. Org. All right. A lot of people also ask me when will the podcast be available. The podcast will be available tomorrow morning at uh, by noon, by twelve o'clock. Uh, I'll also distribute it on my social media page. Reverend Paul Coupe will also have it on her page. Alternatively, you guys can check out the radio pulpit radio schedule as uh, the rebroadcasts will be done throughout the week. Three of them, uh, or Saturday morning at seven o'clock from seven to eight, you can tune in again for the rebroadcast of this program. And this is for the those of you that asked me questions um, on social media, when I'm off air just now at 8 o'clock, I'll respond to your questions as far as I possibly can. Rev, yet again, a successful evening. Thank you, thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Dwayne. And if you have a link to this, I couldn't join from your page, but somehow I couldn't get the link. But if there's a link, please do send it to me so we can put it on our social media pages. A lot of people have been asking me about it, but I, I just couldn't connect to it from from your page i right. didn't see it up on your page. all right so Rev, we've got about a minute left and just before i say goodbye in that one single minute what are we praying for if it comes to legislative matters for the next week in south africa give us target driven topics to pray for this next week well, we're praying for tomorrow's case, which is against the South African Minister of Health, Dr. Joe Mpatha. Pray for Advocate Sabelo Sibanda, um, who will be the main advocate um, in this matter. Um, pray for, for a win um, against this case, because if we do get, a, if one gets a win in this case as a nation, as citizens of South Africa, then it means that the process of consultation has to be started again. It buys us time. Somebody may say, well, it's just starting the process again, but it buys us time because there are other cases that are being that are going to the constitutional court. In the meantime, we're still fighting, taking matters to the constitutional court. So it will be enough to buy us another three months, you know, grace so that we can try and see how to put a stop to these unconstitutional um draft health uh, regulations. We need to put a stop to them. Um, pray for, for Gerard Papenfus, another friend of mine, the CEO of NASA, who's also bringing another um, Concord case against uh, involving the codes of good practice. So pray for NASA. That's the um, Employer Association of South Africa. Uh, pray for them as well. Pray for ACDP and Bongane Lutuli and Reverend Kenneth Menshre as they take their case also on Thursday, April 28th. Those are the critical cases right there. But um, just pray for wisdom, for all the advocates, um, for all of us find, fighting mandatory vaccination, pray for Action for Freedom, pray for World Council of Health, uh, pray for the Red List, which I, I represent as the legal spokesperson as well as, men of, as, as well as many other groups there. Pray for Freedom Alliance. Just pray. Um, pray for what? Just pray. Pray for One Million pray. Movement for Jared Petzer. Pray. There's, there's so many of us out there. 
who are fighting. Right. So pray, pray, pray. Rev, you're a legend. <laughs> Love you too, but can't wait to see you again. And I'm still waiting for that invite to do one of these international conferences with you. So please tell England I'm ready and I'm ready to travel. Yes. I've got to be with you. And what? I'm ready because they don't have any requirements. So you don't have to even test for PCR. You don't have to test. You don't have to quarantine. So woohoo. Yes, All right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in the future. Rev, love you two bits. And I can't wait for next month till <laughs> I see you again. On behalf of me, Reverend Paul Coupe, we love you two bits. Thank you for your ongoing support. Till next time, same time, same place next week. <laughs> bye bye, guys. Bye bye. Take care.